0: Hello, my high-vibing friends! I'm so excited you're here today. As always, I have an awesome guest to introduce. We're today we're going to be talking to Mr. J. So, Mr. J has a ton of credentials. So, I'm going to read a couple. Um, he is an M is MAT and ministry certified professional relationship coach, certified betrayal trauma practitioner, certified special education teacher. Has a bachelor's in psychology. Is author of a children's book. Air Force Army veteran. Uh, inspirational public speaker, activist, wedding officiant, adopted parent, and much more. So, welcome to the show, Doctor J- or Mister J. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's all good. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So, um, we'll start by just having you tell me a little bit about how you got to doing what you're doing today.
1: Oh Lord, you know, um, uh, some people fall into a career, and sometimes a career just um, calls you. And uh, so long story short I was a relationship I am a relationship coach mm-hmm. um you know one of my biggest mottos is um the relationship you have with yourself it sets the tone and standard for all other relationships around you mm-hmm. because you know although I agree that you really need to have self love before you can love other people that is not necessarily always true but you want to make sure that you have a healthy love for yourself so you can have a healthy love for others as well you can be you know, in love with somebody else, and not necessarily in love with yourself. But will that be a healthy balance? Hmm. Um, so um, I start off as a relationship coach, uh, intrapersonal relationships, which is the relationship you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Then a couple of years ago, um, I, I had my father died very, very, very quickly. And when I mean quickly, I mean one day I'm talking to him, we're laughing on the phone, and literally three days later, he's you know getting lowered into the ground six feet. Mm. And that um, caused a lot of stuff to come in me. And and three days later, after his death, after his burial, I woke up in the middle of the night having a panic attack. And I've never experienced a panic attack in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I always downplayed them when people would tell me about them. But Lord have mercy, they don't play. I seriously thought I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And long story short, it brought up a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of unhealed trauma. So mm-hmm. one thing led to another. Um i I, I met um, uh, somebody who's uh, dr. debbie silver, who who literally wrote the book on on trauma and betrayal trauma. and um I oh I, I expanded my practice now. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, that's probably ninety nine percent of my clientele are those who have been through, um, betrayal trauma because betrayal trauma is slightly different from trauma in general, which we can get into if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what I do now. Um, and, um, uh, you know, the good news is I have a, a full schedule, but the bad news is I have a full schedule because (laughs) 99.9% of all my clients are because of infidelity or affairs, Mm -hmm. um, uh, but um, you know, I'm I'm happy to say that you know a lot of them are are reconciling, rebuilding, um, forgiving, showing mercy, and and really improving their marriage like they never thought before.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I love kind of the work you do because as a counselor, I do see a lot of clients that, you know, are struggling with these things, like you mentioned, infidelity, infidelity, and um, cheating, and all these different things um, in their partnerships. And I think that it is a very niche space to work. And there are specific things that really help people. So I would love you to yes, go into a little bit more specifically, what is betrayal trauma? And how's it different than just regular trauma?
1: Yeah. So basically, let me just say this. Trauma in general, for you know, broken down is anything that overwhelms your coping mechanisms because mm-hmm. you and I can experience the same exact thing. One of us can walk away traumatized and the other one not. And tra- trauma is not necessarily what we've experienced per se. It's what happened within us from mm-hmm. that experience or after that experience whatsoever. Right. Um, now, there's big T trauma and then little T trauma and there's big B betrayal and little B betrayal. And then there's, you know, whatever the difference between, um, um, let's just say if a family member passes away, a close family member, which is very significant and often traumatic. One of the differences between trauma and betrayal trauma is a lot of times with trauma. Now, a lot of times not, don't get me wrong, but a lot of times with trauma, you have a lot of people that understand it. A lot of people that see it, a lot of people you can share it with. And, you know, For instance, you can call your boss and say, listen, my mother just passed, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, you get your week of bereavement, you get your coworkers that say, I'm sorry, and come to the funeral and you get the flowers, somebody might create a meal train, you're not going to call your boss and say, listen, I'm in a fetal position in bed, because I just caught, you know, my partner hiring a prostitute, can I have some broken heart time off, I mean, that Mm -hmm. just doesn't exist. So it's a secret society. And if you do decide to share with your boss or anyone, it comes with shame. It comes with mm-hmm. guilt. It comes with humiliation, embarrassment. And if you have to take time off of work from that, that's necessary time that you really need for self-care and to heal yourself. So betrayal trauma is this, is um, I uh, my own definition of betrayal trauma is life altering powerlessness at the hands of a primary attachment. So like mm-hmm. I can betray you right now. Like if, I'm a, if I'm a clerk at a store, I can try to jip you 50 cents, you mm-hmm. know, giving you change intentionally, but you're not going to go home in a fetal position right? when, say, if your partner or significant other spouse, you find out is living a double life or has an affair or has a sex addiction or looking at porn or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to turn your world upside down. So basically, very quickly, I'll give you a quick analogy um, of if you are in, uh, in a plane at 30,000 feet um, mm-hmm. above the earth. And um, you got your partner next to you, your significant other, your spouse, and um, uh, you feel a little turbulence, you know. And so your spouse, you know, your partner grabs you and holds you a little tighter and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, you know, I feel safe. And before you know it, they shove you out of the plane knowing very well you're not wearing a a parachute. Mm -hmm. Well, what you do is you grab onto whatever you, you know, your children or whatever. And as you're falling, um, you're looking up and you see them standing there. And now your mind is hijacked. You're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on. Who's the person I'm with? What am I going to do? What if I fall? And then you do fall, but you don't die. Mm -hmm. You stand up and you start walking. And that's where a lot of people call me at that point.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing analogy to explain kind of what (laughs) (laughs) I'm like thinking about that. I'm like, yep, that makes perfect sense. Um, And it is, it's a brutal kind of awakening, right? Because like you talked about, it is that just like that analogy of being pushed out of an airplane. It's like your whole life is kind of that foundation is pulled out from underneath you. Um, So it is really hard to adjust and to figure out, you know, how do you start to process those emotions and the triggers that you start to feel? Um, So if I ask you, how do people deal with these emotional triggers after betrayal?
1: Well, first of all, okay. so this is my own my own uh, philosophy, so Mm -hmm. to speak. I believe that 40 percent of um, infidelity uh, is only the situation at hand and 60 percent of it is the association. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like you and I can experience infidelity Mm -hmm. and you might come out of it feeling ugly and I might come out of it feeling worthless. And the next person might come out of it feeling unprotected. So, you know, it all depends on the dynamics of the relationship, dynamics of the infidelity. I mean, you know, the, really, there's a lot. But, you know, obviously, there's going to uh, triggers or flashbacks, emotional, you know, charged flashbacks, whatever. And there's certain things you can do. I mean, I tell people, first of all, keep in mind that triggers are not here to um, threaten us. They're here to inform us. Mm. So the threats already gone. So they mm-hmm. can't threaten you anymore. Now, don't get me wrong, Lord have mercy, triggers can ch- literally bring you to your knees. Yeah. You could be in the shower, raising your, you know, washing your underarms, washing dishes, or having sex. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like a sledgehammer comes to your gut and it literally can bring you to your knees. They come out of nowhere. I've heard people say, you know, I would literally give my limb to turn back time, or I would mm-hmm. I would do anything to erase this. And you know, I mean. There are people where a year out are saying, I'm still waiting for them to say, I'm just kidding. Do you honestly think I would do that to you? Like they can't wrap their Mm -hmm. head around this egregious double, like, you know, so many people, and especially if you've been married 30, 40, 50 years, Mm -hmm. I'm working with a couple that's been married, that's, you know, been married almost 50 years, 35 of them in which the husband was having a secret affair. That's Mm -hmm. more than half her marriage. So like you're looking at this person who you loved and trusted and devoted your everything to, and you trusted them with your being, you would trust them with your bank account. You trust them. If you're on your deathbed, making decisions for you. And here you find out they're living a double life. Mm. I mean, it is, there's a volcano that went off internally and externally. There's a lot, but anyways, as far as triggers, sorry, I can go on and on. I'm sorry, That's apologize. okay. I appreciate
0: it. No, please. <laughs>
1: You know, I tell people keep in mind triggers are here to um, inform us, not threaten us. The threat's over. Number two, you, sometimes you got to be a little crazy, even though you think you're going crazy after a trauma. But you got to talk to your triggers. Say, okay, okay, amygdala. Which, if you're a female, I say call her Amy because A M Y amygdala. And if you're a male, I call him Elmo because the amygdala shaped like an almond. And then sometimes you gotta talk to and say, okay, Amy, listen, I know because Amy's your best friend and your worst enemy. She's your best friend because she's gonna keep you safe. But also when you are safe, she likes to constantly remind you, oh, do you remember what happened? So you you know, she's your best friend and your worst energy. Mm-hmm. And I mean you gotta say, okay, Amy, I got it. I thank you so much. I I, I understand. Thank you. You're doing your job. And then you got to start doing, you know, your um, uh, your 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 gr- grounding work, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of stuff. The rainbow technique. So look around you. Um, what colors of the rainbow? So there's, you know, I see something red. I see something orange. I see this is yellow. And you got to kind of start grounding yourself. I also have people put like a little um rubber band around their wrist, and when they get triggered, snap it, snap out of it. Obviously, journaling helps. Splashing cold water on your face really snaps you out of it. And one of my favorites. As I tell people, start shooting out math facts, because what happens is your amygdala just kind of took over your brain. Mm-hmm. So you got to engage the logic part of your brain, your frontal cortex. So just start throwing out some math facts. 10 plus, five, and I'm not good at math, so i might mistake, <laughs> but, you know, 10 plus 5 is 15. 15 minus 2 is 13. 13 plus 6 is, you know, whatever, 19. Because now you're engaging your logic side. It's getting you out of that. So there's really a lot in it, but I want to tell you something. What I find most interesting is, well, I, I mean, maybe that's a, but a bad term, interesting, but Ninety-nine percent of the time, when somebody comes out of an affair, mm-hmm. they are just as shocked and surprised as the partner they betrayed that they ever got into it. Mm. Wow! Because, it, like, you know, because we all heard of affair fog, we all heard of limerence, whatever. And to to me, it's almost like you know, you're a fly, and you're going on with life and life, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you see the light, and you're like, you go into a trance. And that's a lot of time. Oh my gosh! I'm. So, I don't know if you can see me, but my my. Thing. I can. I don't know
0: what just happened with your screen, but
1: it's okay. 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 As long as you can hear me, hopefully I can hear you. So basically, okay. okay. Basically, um, you know, I, I say it's almost like um, an insect caught into a web. It's like, it's, or it's almost like a whirlpool. And at first, you know, because listen, I, the, the sad thing about it is we all grow up. We're all tall children. We're all adults trying to work out our childhood issues. And Lord knows we all have issues, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. so, which, which is interesting. You know, I, I think you said at the beginning of the show, I'm an officiant. And so many times when I see a young couple before me getting married, they're exchanging the I do's mm-hmm. and they don't even know what the I am is. Mm. And then what happens is you come to the wedding table, you come to the marriage table with your baggage. So here you got your baggage and your agenda, even if it's subconscious is they're going to help me fix my, my baggage, Mm. my partner. Mm. Well, little do they know your partner's got a baggage of his own and they're expecting you to fix it. So, you know, so it's sad because a lot of times, you know, when somebody's caught cheating or having an affair and Lord knows it is gut wrenching, it is, Mm. there is no. I I work with somebody who lost two children and they say, Mr. J, this is harder than me losing my child. I mean, now, not in every case, not in every Mm -hmm. case, but it is the most it is so beyond gut wrenching infidelity Mm -hmm. in in affairs. And there's a there's a lot to work out. But one of the things, like I was saying before, is the association, you got to get to your initial um, trauma because because basically what happens is that infidelity hits us at our core insecurities mm-hmm. and what happens is you're in like when I say infuriated and enraged people don't even people don't even realize they have this in them this mm-hmm. amount of rage where they're, I mean they tell oh I won't even tell you half the things they tell their spouse and call their spouse but mm-hmm. you know it's it's not pretty um so basically what you have to do there's a lot of work you gotta work with the inner child. You gotta work with the association, you, and then you gotta work with the why. Why did you, out of every door there was, you could have went into marriage counseling. You could have told your spouse you have needs that you're lacking. You could have separated. You could. There was so many options. Why did you choose this door? Because I don't want to hear she wasn't giving me sex. No, no, no. There's first of all. Nobody should come out of your mouth except for yourself. This is a me, myself, and I thing. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing, too. So many times after infidelity, the person that was betrayed now has insecurities. Oh my gosh, my waist is not thin enough, and my bust isn't big enough, and my pecs aren't strong enough. Has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Zero. Mm -hmm. Zero. I can't stress that enough. I'm going to stop talking because I've been blabbing enough.
0: No, I love that. I think you hit on some amazing points, and I think that. Like you said, unfortunately, your schedule is full because so many people have been through this, right? Like, I mean, I'm just sitting back and I'm like, yeah, I mean, even like high school relationships, college relationships, I'm like, yep, I was cheated on, you know, different things. And so I understand and I resonate. And I think a lot of my listeners will too about how it does feel and how it does bring out these things where, you know, I... I behaved in ways that I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. And I have clients talk about, oh my gosh, my partner cheated and I reacted this way. And I can't even believe that I did that. And it's, you know, going back to that place of, again, that's not even you, right? We're not our actions. We're not that. And again, because like you touched on that point, it has nothing, the infidelity has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the person that is being, you know, doing the act of, um, of cheating and not being honest and doing those things. And I think I also kind of put this idea together too of, um, I have a specific kind of couple that I'm thinking of that they were married for years and the um, male partner, he ended up have been using drugs for their entire relationship, but the, the other female partner had no idea. And so even that piece of like feeling like there was this double life, like you kind of hit on it's not necessarily a person but rather a substance um which makes a lot of ca- you know more sense as i'm thinking obviously substance abuse counselor mental health thinking about that piece but um it really is i mean it's it's hard to even wrap your head around like you said giving your life to someone and feeling like you didn't even that person didn't even exist to a point
1: yeah yeah you know and, and a couple of things i want to say is that a lot of times one of the things that's affects so deeply when it comes to betrayal trauma is the personalization of it. Like, you know, absolutely. You know, there's people that have secret drinking, um, uh, problems, secret drugs, secret eating disorders. Mm -hmm. But and a lot of times, like your partner can, can almost empathize, almost understand, but when it's another human being, Mm -hmm. that's when they're like, well, what was wrong with me? And it's hard for them to understand nothing was wrong with you, you know? And I tell things all the time. And one of the questions I get all the time is, how could they love me? How could they love me and, and do this? And I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, listen, people don't cheat. People don't have affairs because they fall out of love with their with their significant others. People um, have affairs because they don't love themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of really improving whatever was lacking within the person. So again, it has nothing to do with that person. Now, here, you know, and this is what can get a little tricky for some people is to understand Um, because sometimes people will come to me and it's been six months after discovery and they've already had the arguments and there's already been some tremendous damage Mm -hmm. because now what happens is the betrayed partner is saying, Oh my God, stop asking me the same question. Stop. This was nothing and whatever. And I, and I cheated because, you know, you weren't cleaning the house and the kids, I always came home, the kids were dirty and whatever. And so I have, you know, I have a hard time getting them to understand, listen, you had, Probably plenty of role in the marital issues mm-hmm. you had plenty of responsibility in the marital issues so i want you to you know let's but you had zero to do with him opening up that door or her whomever opening up that door to infidelity mm-hmm. so sometimes they have a hard time grass you know splitting the two um, you know, marriage issue. I say all the time, you're working with three different dynamics with this. You're working with the individual, you're mm-hmm. working with the relationship, and then you're working with the infidelity or the betrayal. Mm. You know, things like that. So there's really a lot to unpack, and a lot of times, I mean, while well, the as far as unpacking, I'm talking I'm talking to a gentleman, and um, uh, his wife found out that he was um, going to massage parlors, mm-hmm. um, and he, um, I don't know what kind of, I don't want to say anything that's going to be hurtful, but Whatever. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, he would have the, mas- the masseurs drip hot candle on his body that hurt him. Mm. And, um, now his wife was like disgusted mm-hmm. and devastated. Anyways, I'm working with him and long story short, when he was 10, his father was very physically abusive mm-hmm. and then he would take him to, to make up for being abusive. He'd take him to a strip joint. And, and buy him mm. with the lap dance or whatever. So now now and and now his father's dead. And in a way, this is um how he gets validation from his father is by going in this sexual arena and feeling pain. Yeah. And 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 now one of the things that that helps tremendously after mm-hmm. infidelity is to step in the world of empathy. But Lord have mercy. You gotta be very careful with that. Because mm-hmm. here somebody is, they are infuriated, like the incredible Hulk, ready to tear up everything around them. And you're asking me to have empathy for this MF? Are you out of your mind? (laughs) I I get it. I get it. And so you got to tread that very carefully. But what I try to tell people is people that are not healthy, happy, and healed, step out. People that are happy, healthy, and healed, they don't cheat. Mm -hmm. They They don't. So there is something within them That's a, that's, you know, broken. Um, and one of the ways I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something that I've been telling people and it's been helping once we get to a point where I can introduce empathy Mm because initially, no, 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 I'm, I'm just making sure they don't kill each other. Right. So um, (laughs) one of the things that I try and tell the person who stepped out, I'll tell them, turn to your partner and tell them this, repeat after me. I am so very sorry. I could not protect you from my own brokenness. Mm. They need to know this had nothing to do with them, that you do regret what you did. You are remorseful. You're going to do whatever it takes to earn their trust. And, you know, y- you're not a monster. You're human. You are a tall child with with that was broken. And mm-hmm. we're trying to fix it. Th- everybody, we're all trying to fix this together. I also try to have couples try to understand... Um, Again, depending on where they are, you got to be careful when you introduce things. Is um, go from two to two to um, four. So let's start changing the story from why did this happen to me to why did this happen for me mm. because we can find the silver linings from the lessons, not from the act. Mm-hmm. If we can find the silver lining with the lessons that's when you can attach purpose to your pain and mm-hmm. transformation to your tears. And that's really what um, helps promote growth and and uh, and healing.
0: Yeah, I think that right there is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show to talk about, because <laughs> I think that was so much of my journey of, you know, how did all these different things of infidelity and um, just being hurt, like, you know, we're talking about it when you're the partner and somebody... Does cheat on you? It hurts. It sucks. Uh, that's the reality of it. But realizing what you said—that how did this ha- what how did this happen for me—and how can I take that and move forward? Because I think that's a lot of what I work on specifically with my clients. Is you know we can't stay in that victim mentality. We can't stay in you know this happened to me. Rather, what can we do to move forward? Um, and I think that. I love the quote everything happens for a reason and as a counselor I get a ton of pushback about that I have a tattoo on my ribs though I believe it till the day I die um because of that reason right how did this happen for me because that trauma and those things and childhood trauma and infidelity and all those things they happened to me to get me to where I am today to working to you know what I'm working on and same thing right got to you to part of what you're doing today and so um I think that what you just said is so 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 important um for you know, people to hear of how do we move through this of how can I do it for? And I think too, to touch on this piece, I, I think it's so easy for us when we're in an outside perspective to say, if somebody cheats, you leave them, right? And then when it's in your life and it actually happens to you, there's so much outside noise from people about how could you stay with them? They cheated on you, but there's also still that love. And so when you hit on that point of Somebody isn't stepping out of the relationship or opening that door because they fall out of love with you. They're doing it because there's something going on within them. I think that was a really big highlight too of, you know, let go of the outside noise and know that this is between you and your partner. It's you in that relationship and your partner in that relationship. Um, and, you know, reconciliation and moving through it is possible. Like you're talking about, if you do the work and there's remorse and there's conversations and work that is done in the relationship.
1: Absolutely. And I'll tell you something, 95% of my couple, well, uh, let me just say this first. This is what there has been not once has a couple come to me where both want to reconcile, rebuild and move forward where they weren't able to. Mm -hmm. And I've had some serious, I'm talking about women having multiple pregnancies from affairs and, you know, um, people getting uh, shot and, and, and I mean, all kinds of stuff and couples still say, you know what, we're going to work through this. So I tell people all the time that I I, I'm very serious when I'm talking to the person who stepped out of the relationship, I'll say, absolutely. Without question, people can get over betrayal. Mm -hmm. What people can't get over and won't get over is games played afterwards. Mm. If you come to the table, full disclosure, honesty transparency ready to do the work patient dedicated this we can rebuild lord right. knows we can but if you try to come play in games consider your relationship over hmm. period people will not get over the games afterwards you've already they already feel duped and deceived and disrespected and gutted you can't you can't take the little dignity they have left with it that's an automatic i'm done mm-hmm so, so that's, you know, that, that, that's one thing, but anyways, I you know, people, people absolutely without question, whoever's, you know, listening to this, you can get over betrayal if you do the work. And then what you find is where were all the holes in my relationship, um, that allowed an opportunity for this to happen, such as, you know, um, I say it all the time, anybody that's in a relationship with a woman a woman's intuition is more accurate than a polygraph machine. Mm. So like, you know, don't play with her afterwards. She asked you a question, <laughs> you better just you might not feel comfortable giving her the answer, but you better, you know, give her the answer whatever. Mm. I mean, even even you know, I see one of the hard things too is is all of the crap that happens right before disclosure. So many times people will go to their partners like I just feel something's off. I just feel something's off. And not only do they um, not comfort them, but they'll dismiss them or worse, they'll gaslight them. Mm. You're crazy. You're yeah. doing that. You're, de- And so then it's like, after the truth comes out, now people ha- are, now they have, they struggle with not only trusting who they're with, They're trusting themselves because they've shut their intuition down so much. They don't even know who they are anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work that has to get done to trust your own intuition again. Um, And then there's other stuff, betrayal blindness. um, um, uh, You know, a lot of times people don't confront their their partner, their spouse, their significant other, even if they feel something because of betrayal blindness. And I don't know if you're familiar with betrayal blindness, but I put it like this. So basically, it's just a part of our um, uh, nervous system, fight, flight, freeze um, situation, the uh, sympathetic. Um, Basically, uh, it's like Little Red Riding Hood. Um, She wanted to go see her grandmother, right? And let's just say she was home due to covid restrictions and she couldn't <laughs> leave for 2 years and so she missed her grandma she wanted to go see her grandmother so bad so finally the covid restrictions were lifted and so she's making oatmeal cookies and banana bread and chocolate chip cookies and she goes trudging through the forest knowing it's dangerous but she just all she has is 2020 vision to see her grandma well she walks into her grandmother's house but her intuition her gut says something's off Mm -hmm. but because she wants to see her grandmother so much she ignores it and she ignores it to I mean she even justifies it she's like grandma why do you have such a long nose beady eyes and sharp teeth she knows something's Mm -hmm. off and that's what we do in a relationship it's like we're with somebody and we know something's off well maybe he's working hard he's working hard. well she's kind of flirty anyways that's just her personality you know Mm -hmm. oh he's we want to do all this nonsense because what happens is If we think of the gravity of the reality, the hurt will be so tremendous that we downplay it. It's called betrayal blindness. Mm. But then what happens is that after D-Day comes, after the big, you know, hurricane goes off in your life, now you're not only dealing with the betrayal itself, but now you're dealing with um, how you betrayed yourself because you ignored the pink and red flags that you knew all along were there. Yeah. There's just a lot to unpack with this. And it could really cause a lot of damage physically, psychologically, spiritually, you name it, if it doesn't get dealt with.
0: Right. And so we've talked a lot about, there's two things I want to ask you about specifically. One is increasing self-esteem, right? Because we're talking a lot about this idea of how do we increase self-esteem because it can impact us so so much. And then the second one is this beautiful word of forgiveness, right? Because that's a hard one for us to swallow when we're talking about betrayal or infidelity. Um, So I'd love to hear kind of your input on forgiveness.
1: Okay, um two things. Um what I say all the time is when somebody has betrayed, um th- their their decisions, their choice, their gift of choice was robbed from them mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have made the choice to do this. So I say all the time one of the ways to start increasing your self-confidence is to empower yourself with the gift of choice. What do I mean exactly what I said? And this means with the small things and the big things. Um Tell yourself, tomorrow I'm gonna give myself the the I'm gonna tomorrow at 4 30, I'm gonna go buy bread at the store. Now you can be thinking, well, how stupid. You have kids. You, of course, you gotta go buy bread. Well, yeah, but you could buy it today or tomorrow at two, but you're telling yourself, I'm gonna go buy bread tomorrow at 430. You have to give empower yourself with the gift of choice. You gotta give yourself back choice. I'm gonna choose to take a shower tonight at 8 p.m. I'm, you got to choose to empower yourself with the gift of choose. Now, as far as forgiveness, here's the deal. If you ask a hundred people, the definition of forgiveness, you're going to get a hundred different answers. Mm-hmm. So number one, I talk to couples all the time. I'm like, you know, and they're in, we're in a certain, you know, spectrum of, of, of the healing. And I'll say, so, um, and I'll do this on purpose. I'll say, so do you forgive your, your spouse? Do you forgive so-and-so? Like, oh yeah. I've forgiven them, but I'm like, okay. Okay. What's your definition of forgiveness? Um, uh, I don't know. I never thought of, how can you give somebody a gift that you don't know what you're giving them? Mm -hmm. So people got to find out their definition of forgiveness. Sometimes forgiveness just means love trumps the, the, the behavior. Sometimes forgiveness just means I can't rewind time. Everybody has their own definition of forgiveness. So what's your definition of forgiveness? And number two, if you can't even forgive, then how about telling yourself, there's no way I can even think of forgiving right now, but I want to forgive okay that's a bridge wonderful and if you can't go there fine then how about I want to want to forgive mm. um and so then I then I say okay what if we have to take forgiveness off the table um which we all know forgiveness is not for the other person it's to to break the chains from our own feet, feet. Right. If she, okay if you can't do forgiveness what does mercy mean to you can we talk about mercy and so you know well uh, so you gotta it really depends on the person it depends you know sometimes Sometimes faith comes into play here. Sometimes people are very, very big on faith. Sometimes people don't have a faith background, you know, that's fine. So um, oftentimes if we start with um, figuring out the betrayers, why, and usually that's, you know, Childhood trauma and neglect, and they have a lack of feeling validated. So, when this person was giving me all these compliments, Mm -hmm. I thought it was just, you know, harmless. And but I felt good being validated. And that next thing you know, you know, it's like I got caught in the spider web. And once you get caught in the spider web, you can wiggle yourself out like an insect. I mean, you're caught in the spider web. Okay. If you can't forgive your spouse for that, if you can have mercy for your spouse, can that can you empathize that the little child in them needed validation? Can we start there? Mm -hmm. So, it's a process.
0: It definitely is. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think, I know we're getting tight on time, but I the last thing I want to ask you are what are some tips or techniques that you feel like can help any relationship? If we have a you know people that are listening, they don't have infidelity in their relationship currently, hopefully they don't um, ever, but what are some, some things they can do with their partner to work on their
1: relationship? So let me tell you something. A lot of people say we have communication issues and I'll say nonsense. If you can talk, you don't have communication issues. You have effective communication issues Mm. because when two people come together, you got to create your own language. Everybody has examples of their own parents. Some are good. Some are bad. Some work. Some don't. Some are effective, whatever. I don't give a crap. Just like, listen, when I got together with my spouse and we're going on 21 years in November, my spouse grew (laughs) grew up with, you know. Gifts from Santa Claus. My parents didn't subscribe to Santa Claus. So it was like, okay, how are we going to raise our kids? So every molecular detail of your relationship really has to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, so effective communication. Um, now I have ADHD. So I constantly have a hundred TVs going on in my head, which maybe you can pick up on that. Cause I don't stop talking, but, and I promise I don't do this when I'm in session. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Um, so anybody, everybody in my family knows if they ask me to do something, they have to first start with when you get a chance. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, you know, Hey, when you get a chance, can you hand me the orange juice? When you get a chance, can you wash these clothes? When you get a chance, because if somebody just tells me to do something, now you've just put on one more television in my head and I feel overwhelmed that I got to get it done because I'm always multitasking and juggling. But if you give me that wiggle room to, Hey, when you get a chance, can you, you know, drop this off at the laundromat? Now I feel empowered when I'm ready. And because of that, I'm going to do it sooner and mm-hmm. with love in my heart. So that's an effective conversation. Right. So you, every couple has to know, how do you speak to each other? How do you want me to, um, you know, some couples, um, you, you need to um, ask permission. Hey, can I give you a hug? Are you in the mood for mm-hmm. a hug? Also, get to know your attachment style. Oh, my Lord. Get to know yeah. your attachment style. Get to know your spouse's attachment style. Get to know your love language. I can't tell you how many times things just come down to a basic lack of knowing your love language. Yep. Um, but here's what's interesting, too. Each love language, and this is what gets crazy, each love language has their own personality. For, in- mm-hmm. for instance, there could be two people in a relationship that have quality time. And one person's personality the quality time could be, as long as we're under the same roof, we're good in the hood. Another person's uh, um, personality with quality time could be, I want to be sitting on the couch, mutually interacting with each other. That's quality Mm -hmm. time. So everybody, you know, you really got to have this effective communication. And listen, there's a lot of conversations people don't want to have. Sex, Mm -hmm. daily routines, who's going to do the dishes, who's going to... Those are the conversations you got to have. If you're not ready to have those conversations, maybe you're not ready to get into a relationship. These are the relations, These are the things that you need to talk about. The other thing too, I want to say is you got to constantly rebuild bridges to one another. Caitlin, listen, you're a different person today than you were five years ago. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a different person five years from now. You not only need to get to know who the new Caitlin is, but if you're with somebody, they got to get to know who the new Caitlin is. So mm-hmm. it's not just a one and done thing. A relationship is like going to the gym you want you got to maintain after you get to a certain part and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of times people get very comfortable, very complacent and that's where sometimes some issues arise. so um if you're not ready for a full-time job for the rest of your life and it could be a blessing in love I mean it's a labor of love you know right. um these are things to think about. I mean so many times you' get these relationships oh, he makes my heartbeat and oh she's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Well, get, wait fifty years. She's not going to be so beautiful. I mean, it wasn't nothing with anything, he's not yeah. going to have pecs all his life. So, or you know, come on. You know, are you are you ready to serve somebody for the rest of their their life? And is the other person committed to serving you for the rest of your life? You know, if not, yeah. you better really think hard if you're ready.
0: I love that. I think that's so so powerful because it is. I mean, you so true. I mean, I even look at my husband and I've been together for seven years now. Um, but we always tease each other that we were just kids and so different when we met and how crazy different we are now. Um, but it's so true. What you touched on is like, I have to get to know myself. He has to get to know himself and we have to figure out how that works in our relationship. And then also adding kids. Now we have a little guy and he's got a personality. And so adding that to the dynamic too. So, um, I think that, I love that you hit on that piece and the attachment styles and um, just the impor- importance of like words and definitions. Um, I did a couple podcasts on those as well um, with some other guests. So for our listeners, feel free to scroll back and look at those because I agree those are really, really important things to touch on. Um, but I know we are tight on time. I feel like I could keep talking about this for a long time with you. I appreciate you coming on to the podcast so, so much, Mr. J. Thank you yeah and to our listeners i will put all of mr j's information of how you can get a, a hold of him in contact with him uh, please reach out and do so in the episode notes and as always thank you guys so much for spending your time with us i know it's valuable and i'll talk to you guys next time bye guys thank you for hanging out with me on the abundance alchemist podcast don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at the and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing until next time sending you so much love